you want to place those predictions in the geospatial context. You can see dramatically farther ahead and more possibilities for every type of business. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Krista Crum, Esri Analyst Relations Lead, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Joseph Sarash, Corporate Vice President of the Cloud AI Platform at Microsoft, talk about the predictive power of AI when combined with location intelligence. Today's most competitive business leaders are beginning to integrate location intelligence with artificial intelligence to extract more value from their data. Here, Esri CMO Mariana Cantor investigate the possibilities of AI and location analytics to drive accurate prediction and strengthen decision-making. Joseph, hi, and welcome to our podcast. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks. I'd like to start with you sharing your background with us a little bit. Yeah. I started out as a machine learning geek. You know, I did a PhD in neural networks. My first job was uh, building credit card fraud detection systems using neural networks for a company in San Diego called HNC. You know, that was an interesting uh, and amazing application of AI. You could understand from the patterns of a transaction and the spending that a customer had, the risk associated with that transaction being fraudulent. So what you could do then was, when a card was swiped, you could score it for the probability of fraud, and if the probability was very high, you could stop any subsequent transactions and save a lot of money in fraud, and you could do so reliably. That actually set off a revolution in, in credit card. It became much easier to offer credit card worldwide and still not be inundated by theft and credit card losses. It's one of the powerful industrial applications of AI to begin with. I spent about nine years there applying AI to many, many areas, and then I joined Amazon as their first vice president of fraud prevention, affectionately called the first VP of fraud at Amazon. <laughs> um, I built the entire transaction management system. And remember, in these online systems, being able to apply AI is critical to handling these vast volumes of orders and transactions and things like that. So AI is completely critical. AI has become then central in search and ad targeting and payment processing and recommendations and a large number of them. Uh, I joined Microsoft about five years ago uh, because the CEO recruited me to really start the AI platform effort. So building AI platforms that other software developers can layer on top of and build other applications on. So that's the exciting journey I've been on. I, I want to step back a little bit for our listeners and put some things in perspective. I read recently in a book that the Earth is, well, we know that the Earth is four and a half billion years old. And if we think of that time as a single calendar year, humans have existed for mere 30 minutes, which is mind-boggling. And to realize how much we've done, both positive and negative, in the last so-called 30 minutes is fascinating. So I want to put that in perspective in terms of AI and machine learning. And I guess ask you about your personal reflections on what do you make of humanity's journey in the context of these technologies? You know, even our cognitive abilities really started only 30 to 45,000 years ago. You know, the first evidence of human cognition is art in cave paintings in Europe. And why is art, by the way, so significant? Art separates humans from primates and all other creatures. Art is the evidence for that. Um, and so if you think about it, 
It is the subsequent imagination that humans had that led to all of these technological innovations. Um, really, if you think about what we create as humans, we envision things that just don't exist. And then we are able to translate that through sophisticated imagination, design, collaboration, and work among people into artifacts that then further fuel our imagination. Now take the question you just asked. Essentially what you're asking, so artificial intelligence and a number of technology is that have come about. I've actually amplified our ability to imagine things that don't exist yet. We couldn't have imagined before. It's even recursive, right? Our imagination created technologies with which we can imagine new things that we could never have imagined before. That's the journey we are on. In one of your talks, you coin AI as the great accelerator that helps us see and act with foresight. As the business sector, what should we be thinking about and preparing, innovating our business models, given these technologies and this power that we have at yeah. this point? I'll give you two examples and then answer that in more depth. Um, think about what Airbnb and Uber did, for example. And this also speaks in some ways to sustainability. It turns out we already have a significant amount of capacity for residences and lodging in uh, people's homes. Airbnb monetized that. So the need to create more and more square feet of space uh, for people in, as hotels has decreased. Uber monetized cars that are already out there on the road, the capacity, so you don't need that many more cars. Um, you are tapping, when you look at it, so uh, some statistic that I saw recently saw that there were like about 20 to 36 square feet of retail space per person in the United States, way too much, compared to China, which had two square feet per capita. And online retail is changing that. You don't need all of that wasted investment. So what is now possible with the power of data, AI, and a connected world is incredible, efficient utilization of investments we have already made. Remember, a lot of pricing and economy is actually built upon lack of transparency of information flow and inefficiencies in the system. Technology dramatically improves efficiencies. Um, so I think every business should be very conscious of that. New business models are going to emerge that use this power of information transparency and take incredible advantage of the information transparency. So every business should be sensitive to the efficiencies that can be generated by that. And AI provides a new information transparency by being able to understand and predict things that you couldn't otherwise do. Second thing is every type of communication and interaction is being changed by AI. As, let's say, most businesses go online, for example, most customer support will be online. And you will expect when you actually interact with a chat agent what you as a customer is and what matters to you and what problems are there. You will be very soon tired of phone trees, right? Uh, and so every type of customer support will be AI-infused. I think a vast majority of large-scale work will have efficiencies uh, infused with AI. That doesn't mean that there'll be a lot less jobs in the economy. 
On the contrary, there is displacement. But it will go towards that excess capacity. It will go towards more higher order creative efforts. So those are all things that everyone should be aware of. Are there specific industries that you can cite uh, who are farther along this maturity curve than others and what kinds of benefits they're seeing at this point? Uh, well, if you look at the top market capitalization companies today, uh, Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, you will see that they are all cloud AI and data companies that created unbelievable capabilities, new products, new experiences, digital experiences. And you see that mirrored in other parts of the world. Tencent, Alibaba, I mean, these are some of the largest companies in the world now. Um, and so uh, what you will find is that digital products, digital revolution, that's where people are the farthest ahead because of this advantage of data, information, transparency, cloud, and all of that. So technology companies are leading the way, uh, understandably, but what about um, more traditional industries, manufacturing, retail, real estate, et cetera? Right. They're uh, uh, definitely coming fast, but uh, financial industry is one. The financial industry, financial services have innovated significantly in the, using AI. Insurance companies are starting to, because remember, they're data companies, really. Every bank is a data company now. Every insurance company is a data company. So they have opportunities to apply AI to create really interesting new experiences. Um, in the areas of manufacturing, et cetera, uh, there is uh, significant efforts in quality control and automation using AI. In retail, of course, that's an incredibly dynamic space. There are many, many conflicting trends there. Uh, but uh, it is safe to say it would be very hard for a retailer to survive without uh, using AI effectively to understand their customers, manage their supply chain, set optimal pricing, and create great experiences. You referred to the advent of AI, artificial intelligence, as a revolution propelled by three pillars. Can you talk about those? Yes. Uh, AI is propelled by three of the biggest transformations in computing today. The cloud, with its unlimited uh, computing power and the ability to integrate data from all sources. That's sort of the ocean in which this AI is being born. The data, data coming from sensors of all types, media, imagery, IoT, Internet of Things data, that is the oxygen that AI lives on. And the algorithms, the algorithmic innovations that have happened in making it possible to learn from all of that data and create models of the world, that really is the eyesight, this vision that uh, algorithms give us the ability to see and understand the data deeply and act predictively with it. So these three trends, cloud, data, and AI algorithms, they are converging. And all software of the future is going to be at the sort of corner of the cube defined by these three major axes of innovation, cloud, data, and AI. And the software is going to be sentient and incredibly powerful and adding to our cognitive capabilities as a civilization. In, in the world of digital experience, as long as humans and their gadgets remain mobile, location intelligence will play a key role in value creation, in business, government, conservation, et cetera. Can you define location intelligence for us and then go into how is it different 
or complementary to business intelligence? Yeah, great question. Geographical information systems have both spatial and temporal information, and also often things like raster data. When you combine all of this very rich pieces of geographical information with other information, the ability to predict is significantly enhanced. So let me give some small examples. We recently did a project on Landsat and land mapping imagery. We have satellite images, and the task is to label each pixel in the satellite image as belonging to forested area, developed area, roads, buildings, and so on. Remember, we have this vast amount of geospatial imagery, uh, but it is just pixels. We, nobody really understands what it is, unless some human being went and labeled something as a road. You don't know what part of an image is a road. But now, for the first time, AI can do that for you automatically. So you can understand what every single pixel on the planet is actually all about. Is it a glacier? Is it a water? Is it developed land? And then, if you have a time history, you can see the evolution of that, right? Uh, uh, a forest turning into a developed zone and how it's evolving, how a waterway is uh, changing its course, or glaciers are receding, or other things like that, trends. And then as new data is collected in real time, AI can enable the real-time annotation of that data. And a new image comes in, you can recognize what the roads are, what the floodplains are, and so on, right? You get this deep insight that you could never get before without huge manual annotations, now automatically with the power of AI. Now couple that with maps, couple that with time, couple that with other information and attachments you have around that location. You're in, the insights you get, is just absolutely amazing, and you have the ability to reason with it. And ambulance is one example. If you can position ambulances in the most optimal way so that you can serve locations with the shortest amount of time. Well, if you had that kind of intelligence in a logistics company, you might be able to position trucks and other delivery vehicles in the right time, and so on and so forth. So the magic of bringing all of this geographical information that is in GIS systems, and along with the ability to understand unstructured data like imagery, potentially text, and other files that you may save along with it in geographically coupled ways, and bring all of that together and apply AI and you know, do um, amazing uh, sort of sentient geospatial software, uh, just pretty amazing. Is location data somehow different from other types of data? I don't think so. I think location data is another but very rich one that relates to humans. I mean, human activity has got a very strong component of location. Uh, and wherever you are um, working with humans and their activity, whether it be marketing, whether it be positioning, physical infrastructure, logistics, every one of those, the location data becomes incredibly valuable because it, it really in some ways relates to us so much more than a lot of other types of data. And in an organization that's contending with um, all these different types and sources of data, unstructured, structured, streaming, are, is there some advice that you can give um, these organizations in terms of creating that integrated space with all that data? Adopt the cloud. And there is, because, because 
the cloud is not just a, a collection of virtual machines. The cloud is a very, very rich collection of processing engines. It is databases of all types, streaming processors, it's artificial intelligence, it is monitoring, it is security, it's networking, it's deployment, it is uh, uh, content delivery networks, and so on and so forth. The cloud is a computing fabric, unlike any other. So when you use the cloud, you have the ability to ingest all these types of variety of data, organize them with the right engines. With all the heavy lifting associated with the development of the software, hosting and managing, all of that taken away from you. I mean, you don't have to worry about that heavy lifting. And so you can focus on the business problem. And I think if you are adopting the cloud, you're going to be dramatically ahead of everybody else in making use of all of that data and that that data and the knowledge extracted from the data and the business process you build on top of that with AI is going to be what defines your company in the future. We being human still, what are some of the capabilities that can help us utilize all these technologies to look forward? Let's take the example of location intelligence. When we look forward, in many areas, we look forward in a geospatial context. We are traveling, we are delivering things, we, uh, we are aggregating in specific places, we are doing things collectively. The businesses are serving us in specific locations. So the location-associated information is a very important complement. And when you're predicting human actions and things to be done in the future, you want to place those predictions in the geospatial context. And that's where that integration with GIS systems becomes extremely valuable. You know, I think this is well known even in the case of examples like, uh, like Uber or Lyft. The geographical information is an incredibly important thing to know how to position cars, uh, where the demand is, where uh, the likely driving routes are going to be, understanding ways to navigate, avoiding that, and so on. That's just an example. But if you start envisioning all the rich data that you have in GIS systems, you can see dramatically farther ahead and more possibilities uh, for every type of business. In the context of time and space. In the context of time and space. So how does the Internet of Things play into all this? It is a fundamental part of the digital transformation of the world. So these cheap sensors are everywhere, and they're collecting data. And uh, again, the power of Moore's law allows us to process that data every year so much faster and collect them. So whether it be traffic cameras, uh, whether it be uh, sensors like RFID sensors tracking everything, and uh, devices in our homes that allow us to control our environment, uh, sense things. All of those are providing us data to reason with, for us to apply AI to. And they are also physically, geospatially located. And so we have the ability to combine that geospatial information and longitudinal information on how uh, movements are happening to reason with it. And over time, the Internet of Things will create uh, this entire ambient intelligence around us. Not only are they sensors, but they are also able to sense, reason in the cloud, 
It's an, a, a big brain in the cloud that applies AI and react to you and make your environment more comfortable, give you the right information that you need, allow you to do things like ordering online or doing things at the edge. Um, you will have your world around you have in some ways an embedded assistant all around you. So now you're used to personal assistants like Cortana, Alexa, Google Home. What if your entire room had that intelligence around you uh, and tailored to you? All of those things are very much imaginable in a small number of years because of the power of the Internet of Things with AI, with the cloud. Joseph, how does the power of AI help real people? Yeah, uh, fantastic question. It's going to make our lives dramatically better in a number of areas. Let me take uh, two or three examples. Let's take healthcare, for example. Now, for the first time, there is AI applied to population health, where you can predict, for example, outcomes of health outcomes like heart attacks. You can predict them in advance. Uh, one of our partners, uh, Epic, has shown from electronic medical records that they can anticipate hypertension up to two years in advance. Um, you can prevent emergency room readmissions. There's a company called Kensai that is working closely with us that's able to, um, uh, to manage the full life cycle of a patient in a hospital using data. As opposed to, hospitals today are reactive. A patient comes in uh, with a problem, they treat that particular incident and essentially send them away. They are not managing them to the full cure of the disease and managing their life to high quality, you know, especially in chronic diseases. The vast amount of, uh, as people age, the vast amount of medical incidents in the system and thus are expensive are these kind of chronic conditions that happen in later age, heart attacks and uh, kidney disease and many of those other things. AI has a power to make the, um, make the management of those diseases dramatically better, leading to far better outcomes for the patient and the caregiver and the hospital system, and saving significant amounts of money in the process while improving all quality. That's very powerful. Second uh, set of things is the ability to assist human beings, assistive AI. For example, now AI can allow a blind person to see just with the power of AI in the smartphone. So imagine a blind person uh, uh, going into a retail store. Turns out now if you pick up a product, how would a blind person know what the product is? The camera on the phone can help you recognize it. Now, you might, some of you may think, hey, a barcode might be the easy way to recognize it. But how does a blind person know on the product where the barcode is? Now, the seeing AI application can actually allow the blind person to rotate the camera, uh, rotate the object. And when the barcode becomes visible, it'll make a tone that tells you the barcode is becoming more and more visible, and then until the barcode is recognized and you can understand what the product is. This app, Seeing AI app on iOS and Android, it's so powerful, blind people can understand currency. It's got rave reviews from blind people, and people even put that in front of a TV and watch TV with it. Uh, so uh, take that to the deaf. We have now a project called Hearing AI. Allows deaf people to understand their surroundings. What if there is an emergency alarm going on? 
how will a deaf person recognize that? The app can help. What if there's a truck coming from behind you? The app can help. Now, the ability to help people and assist the disabled in every type of situation, that's one of those very sort of touching, profound applications of AI. Continuing on the theme, we have apps for dyslexics, helping detect dyslexia and help them learn. We have apps now for uh, communicating with autistic children. Uh, it's called Helpicto, an app built by a company called Equidex in France. Um, so I think AI will be applied in many of these situations that empower every individual on the planet. That is very powerful. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast, and thanks to Joseph Sirach for explaining how AI and location intelligence are combining to transform business operations and drive digital transformation. 